pay attention. Let's, let's see if we can get this in one take. <laughs> Seriously, it's been six or seven months now, Laura, and we ought to know this. Okay. Hello, and welcome, welcome to, to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stowe. Hi. And I'm Nikki Pope. <laughs> Today... <laughs> Pull yourself together, woman. Please have dinner. Today we have two guests joining us. We have Robert Eaton, who wears many a hat in uh, hairdressing. Um, so as well as being renowned colour expert, he's actually a fully qualified truckologist, which I never knew. And of course, our current British hairdresser of the year. Uh, at the same time, he's creative director of Russell Eaton Salons, which is his family-run business in Yorkshire. And joining him, we have... We've got Kerry Maver with us, who is the owner of KJM Salons. Kerry's been running KJM for, gosh, about 30 years, I think. Uh, she's a well-known figure in hairdressing. She works a lot for the Fellowship. Um, I think she was a member of the Fellowship's Colour Project and mixes up working in the salon with helping at fashion weeks she has done some awards um, entries she was nominated for southern hairdresser of the year at the british hairdressing awards three times and has taken salon team of the year at british hairdressing business awards so there's quite a lot that kerry has to contribute in yeah. putting together a long-lasting salon oh it's going to be a great Group. one I mean, they've both yeah. achieved a lot throughout their career, but I think at the heart of both of their careers has been kind of salon life. But they both come from kind of really different salon environments. I know that Robert's got a city centre salon and also one in a kind of a rem more remote, remote town. And uh, Kerry has got one in a um, shopping centre, Shopping centre, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting right. to find out from them, I thought today, what it was like to juggle work in and out of the salon and also the challenges of running salons in different locations. Yeah, and how you have to adapt your marketing and your strategies and so on. Yeah, exactly. So, great. Listen up, everybody. <laughs> so, Hello. Today we've got Kerry Maffer and Robert Eaton with us um, for our Respectfully podcast and we're going to be talking today about salons um, and salons particularly in different locations. So let's kick off by both of you really just giving us a little idea of kind of your salon, um, the challenges you've got with different locations that your salons are set in. So do you want to kick us off Robert? Yeah, so hi everybody. Uh, thanks for having me uh, along today. Just to kind of fill you in on, on where we're um, at with our business at the moment. So we have two salons. Um, the original salon that was uh, established about 43 years ago now in, in Barnsley, um, which is still the original family-owned business. Um, and then we've got a second site in Leeds City Centre. Um, that one's been open for 10 years this year. So oh, both... Wow. Um, not actually that far apart from each other so we're only kind of like 20 miles away from each other but yeah. they are very very different in the vibe and the feel of both salons um even though we've kind of designed them to be very similar and there's a crossover of clients that go between both salons as well um both have their challenges and some great points about both of them as well so um i i, I suppose having grown up in barnsley and it being the family business so I've, I've worked in that salon since i was about 11 on saturdays through to being um, an apprentice when I left left school through to now still working one day a week there every Wednesday. Um, you know, we've got clients that have been coming to us for generations. So there's dad's clients 
things, daughters, and then um, their daughters come in, for example. So there's, there's lots of different um, family members that have followed the, the, the brand yeah. over that time. Um, whereas in Leeds, it's quite different. Uh, we do have though, those regular clients, but it's a lot more transient. People move around a lot more. You know, you might see people once, once or twice, and then you know you might never see them again. They might be there on business. They might be travelling. They might be students. So there's a very a sort of broad section of cross section of different clients that come to us uh, in the Leeds salon. So how does that compare with your story, Kerry? What's your salon profile and history? So um, we're in a shopping centre uh, in Fleet. It's it's a really small little shopping centre, but it has got some great shops. And we've got a fantastic location, sort of sandwiched between the banks, Barclays and Waitrose, which is an amazing footfall. Costa right opposite and a super drug right opposite us. Um, we've been there for 30 years. This year's our 30th year. Um, oh, wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, we're all supposed to be going to Marbella got a oh. villa books for the whole team oh. in oh, september oh. um i don't know if that's going to happen um but the it's it's just amazing this town that we're in because it's actually a village it's 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 fleet in hampshire um it's only got thirty thousand uh residents it's it is really small it's got a little high street but it's got some amazing um features like it still has a carnival it has a food festival we have a christmas fair all put on by the residents it's got some fantastic little schools little nursery schools and what i'm what i'm trying to get to really is because it's a village it is um people are very loyal i mean we've got yeah. 19 19 20 salons it was only about four when we opened but even though uh, it sounds a bit grander than it probably is the fact that we're in a shopping center um it, it has a still has a real village feel. I mean, I probably know, oh goodness, a very high percentage of people that just walk up and down the mall all the time to go yeah. in and out of Waitrose and in and out of the bank. And, um, and people are very loyal. I mean, we're celebrating 30 years this year and a huge portion of our clientele have been coming in that whole time since we opened. What size is your team, Kerry? Uh, I've got 21 in the team, uh, 18 uh, dressing out stations, um, a thousand square feet on one floor and about 600 on the basement, which I actually don't use um, as a salon, but it has been a beauty salon in the past, a stock room and a staff okay. room, but the so salon area is a thousand sizable. square feet. Yeah. And yeah. Robert, how many over the two salons would you have? In so your... we employ about 50 people between the two salons. Um, we've got beauty and spa in the Leeds salon. Um, so Leeds is the bigger of the two sites. Um, and as Kerry says, similar kind of situations with, with regards to, you know, rents, rates, you know, all the things that we find challenging as businesses. Uh, it's interesting what Kerry was just saying there about uh, being in the shopping centre as well, because we, we actually considered that for a while. But some of those points that you, you discussed, Kerry, we really, you know, we were kind of quite concerned about that, the fact we might have to open the hours that they wanted us to and the yeah. The, uh, yeah. service charges so in. in Leeds so your Leeds um, salon Robert is very sort of like it's on the street it's got a very visible um, yes um, site Hampshire, if you like yeah. so what sort of are you open seven days a week there is it that kind of city centre so or? we could be uh, but when we first opened I I worked seven days a week just to get some of the bank loans paid off and get the the overheads uh, that we, we, we started with to be down so the first probably four years or so I, I we, we opened seven days a week 
we actually decided after that time to actually stop that um, because it kind of took over our lives a little bit really and I think yeah. we just felt we wanted that one day where we didn't have to think about work um, even though we probably are missing out a bit you know where we are we probably a lot of businesses would be training on Sunday. When you opened your second salon was that specifically what you were looking for a kind of smaller more smaller town kind of feel or what 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 was your motivation for choosing that so with with us then so Barnsley was the the one we started in the smaller town and then we decided to go big yeah we decided to go big in 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 Lee probably a bit naively really I mean when I think about it now we opened (laughs) the last recession um it's a 4,000 square foot salon we went into beauty and spa we didn't have a clue we didn't know anything about beauty and spa other than you know what we sort of saw in the industry um, and I think we just thought, oh, you know, it's, it'll be like like hairdressing, we'll be able to do it. And it, it was a real, like, shock Learning to curve. my system. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and I'd gone from, yeah, I'd gone from doing so much creative and artistic work, so entering the awards and various things. And, um, and I'd, it was the right time for us to develop the business and to move in a different direction. Um, but it was really hard. It was, so, <laughs> for a few years, it was really, so, really hard. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I think, were you not at that point Russell Eaton of Barnsley? Was that... That's yeah. That was the name, and then so then when you opened in Leeds, there was two things that went across my mind at the time. Was obviously you'd have to drop the Barnsley bit because now you're in Leeds, but also just out of interest, at that point you retained Russell Eaton, which is your dad's name, and yeah, you didn't, you weren't tempted to make it Robert Eaton, or was it important to have the same name? Is there a marketing reason behind that, or was it an emotional reason? Um. A bit of both, really. I was never, I've never been that bothered about that part of it. I, you know, I think I've got a lot of respect for, for what Dad's built up and the work that he put into that brand to enable myself and my sister to then take it on to the next direction. And I never really felt that I needed to have my name above the door in that way. Plus, it's still, we're a family business. It's, it's not just about me. It's, it is about, it's not even just about Dad so much now. It's about our whole team and my sister and my mum and, and and I just think keeping that that name and the heritage that comes with that um, was quite important to me really. Kerry am I right in thinking that you used to be Kerry May the salon and you rebranded to KJM or is that me making that up? Uh, no we were um, I was in partnership with a guy who already had a couple of salons and we and we had two did we have three we had three and they were called Bumbles when we first opened. Um, okay. So all the salons were bumbles. And then um, I always ran the, the fleet shop, the big shop. And the other two, um, well, he was in one and the other one just kind of ticked along. And then I bought him out of um, the fleet shop. And then I changed the name to my initials. Right. So that's kind okay. of where it came from, really. And at the time, we had beauty, which is why there is an S on the end of salons. Everybody says to me, why is the salon? Oh, I see. There's uh, only, you've only got one. But we did have a beauty salon and a hair perfect. salon. That's why. So, yeah. Um, so that's where the plural comes from. So with a, with a salon, so um, perhaps making um, an analogy today between the Barnsley, Russell Eaton and um, mm. KGM. You've been there for such a long time. You've got such a, a loyal clientele. Do you have to do any marketing these days? Has it just happened? I mean, you're so well established. You've got such fantastic clients. Or is it something that you feel you always have to keep your eye on? I think for me, I don't know, if, obviously, for Robert, but for me, it's probably a different sort of marketing than it would be if I was tucked away somewhere in a in a you know little side street and I had to do much more, you know, 
in the days gone by, like newspapers and mm-hmm. flyers and leaflets. I mean, don't get me wrong, when we first opened the salon, I have done my fair share of treading the streets and putting <laughs> leaflets through people's front doors. I did a lot of that back in the day. Um, but it's different sort of marketing now. It's about, you know, people know where we are. We're very visible in the shopping center but that you know so the the salon has to look fabulous the window has to look great the staff have to be great you know everybody has to look amazing the imagery all our stationery uh, every bit of social media that goes out that's the sort of marketing that i tend to work on now is 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 much more about brand than it is even like like i say when i look back to when we opened it was much more about just making sure people knew that we were there um whereas now it's it's about they know we're there what are we who are we what are we about what do we represent what 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 are our core values what what's my ethos what's our history it's all that kind of marketing we do now yeah and robert how does it totally agree with yeah yeah, i totally agree with a lot of what uh, Kerry, kerry just said there i mean i think We've changed our kind of marketing and advertising kind of strategies over the years. And because we've been there for so long, we've got quite a prominent building in the town centre. So everybody knows we've been there and that's where where we're kind of positioned. We've, we've almost kind of built this reputation up of being the, this kind of very high-end kind of exclusive salon. And that's exactly what we want it to be like and still want to continue for it to, to maintain that really high level and standard. It's all about the imagery that's in the windows, the websites, um, the way that the team look. We do quite a lot of work kind of co-branding with other uh, businesses in the, the town as well. So, you know, we'll work quite closely with um, the clothes shops or um, other businesses mm. where we think there could be a connection. Um, social media, we do do quite a bit of social media. I'm, we don't focus on it as much as a lot of salons do though, actually. And that's I, I often question how much you actually get back into the salon from social media, for us anyway. Um, you know, we do have a presence on that, but it's not something we push massively. Um, we've actually recently just started doing some um, advertising in our local papers. The Barnsley Chronicle is still a, quite a, a, a highly circulated and read newspaper in our area. Um, and we've just done a, a, an advert every week. Uh, and we're doing it for a full year. And this is something we've not done for years, actually. But we've done it for what we call our new talent stylist. So anybody that's new, that's graduated and qualified in the salon. And one of the things that we found is it takes younger hairdressers a long time to get busier now. Um, and we wanted to try and encourage um, or get a bit more presence of these younger hairdressers that have just recently qualified and give them a bit of a boost and push, push them with a you know, really tasteful um, marketing that we've done. And it's been really successful. It's really helped us. At this point in time, do either of you feel more or less challenged by the lockdown in terms of of your losing clientele? So I think it might be quite interesting to hear, Robert, whether you feel that the Barnsley salon will kind of bounce back easier than perhaps the city centre leads one. And Kerry, equally, you've you know you have such a uh, a strong position where you are. I'm aware that in the industry generally, there's a lot of anxiety about losing clients yeah. and maintaining loyalty. And I'm not saying that either of you would have it easy, but equally, do you think that you're slightly shielded from that by having these sort of local setups? Um, I think for me, one of the things that we've done and one of the most important things I feel that we've done is we've called every single client personally to tell them what's happened with the appointment and we try to make a list of people and we're going to give them a call immediately as soon as we get back and that's been really important to us um 
not there's anything wrong with an email or a text message, but I think that personal connection with people will help. And that's from people that have been committed for many years or just once or twice. Um, so have you done it for both salons, Barnsley and Leeds? We've done it for both yeah. for both yeah. salons, yeah. Um, so it's been a, a massive task to do it and it's taken us a long time. Uh, but it was something we really felt we wanted to try and do just to give it that personal um, touch. And a lot of our clients have appreciated that contact, not just because of the hair, but just to kind of say, you know, hope you're okay, hope you're safe. Yeah. Uh, we're thinking about you. We're looking forward to seeing you when you get back in the salon again. One of the things about the Barnsley Salon is we have got clients that will, I think, will, will come back straight away. And I think a lot of us will be really busy. Um, because it, it is a town where it's a bit more price conscious, um, and, and, I, and I guess... Perhaps the further north you go, we, we might you might experience that a bit more. But certainly Barnsley, Rotherham, some of the South Yorkshire towns are quite price conscious. Our more established stylists will definitely pick up, I think, where they where they left off and get back to normal again. It's some of the younger ones that I think will struggle a little bit. So mm-hmm. the ones that are building the client bases, the ones that maybe want um, a younger client base to come in, perhaps, or people that maybe are watching the money a little bit more. And I think that's where hopefully this advertising we've done will, will help a little yeah. bit as well. Yeah. Um, Kerry? With Lee, yeah, Kerry, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't lie, I'm quite concerned. I mean, I'm concerned to the point of it's going to be absolutely chaotic. Yeah. We're trying to get, and we're not going to, we're just not going to be able to get everybody in, you know, and, and I'm trying to think about ways of, of of working it you know maybe to just try to do haircuts for the first week and because everybody's you know and then rather than all the big jobs all the you know balayages and foils and everything but then I think if we don't do them then they're, they're going to just go somewhere else whoever's open whoever can fit them in so I think we've got a real challenge ahead of us when we reopen mm-hmm. um I think we've got a very loyal clientele and, and when I ring clients which I have done um the biggest worry they've got is will will we get through it will we still be there they're sort of we're their family you know and they they want us they you know so they're concerned for the business that's amazing yeah they are very 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 concerned because they they don't want to find another hairdresser and they don't want you know they they're worried about my you know i I ring clients about making so they know that all the staff are okay and all their health's all right um i've got one member of staff with a real health challenge and everybody is concerned about her which she's fine um and um I, I think we'll be okay. Um, we're just going to have to manage it really yeah. carefully. Aside from unusual times like this, both of you have been in the industry a long time and, and seen a lot of things happen and come and go. On the subject of translating a sort of maybe a more um, local or provincial premises salon setup to the, somewhere that has a different profile, maybe going from you know a smaller village to a larger high street or from a, a ground floor to a second floor. What kind of pitfalls have you seen where, where people have found it very challenging and what might be the sort of positive, whether you've done it yourself or whether you've watched other people do it, what do you think people perhaps underestimate and, and trip up on when you are translating, as you've done the Barnsley through to Leeds, for example, Robert, obviously done it very successfully, but you yeah. know, what, what? I, I think one of the things I would say there actually is, with, with when we opened in Leeds, we invested a, a lot of money in the salon and we, you know, we were so proud of how it looked. It's like, I'm really proud of how it looked. And I think we just had the assumption that, you know, we'd open this amazing space and people would instantly come in. And it doesn't, it didn't really happen like that. I think it was very much about still building your business as you would do anywhere. And I don't think it matters where you are. It's building it client by client and building that loyalty 
um, and that word of mouth and that reputation. Um, so I, I think that applies no matter where you decide to set up your business. Um, some people may not be on the main high street and have to invest more time on social or um, other avenues to kind of get the name out there. If you're on a busy high street and if I talk about what we've done in Leeds, um, we've got an amazing presence in the city, but um, there's also costs that come alongside that. So every time we do a, a change of posters, it's not just a few hundred pounds, it's a couple of thousand pounds, if not more sometimes, because they're really big boards and we've got, there's a corner site, so there's, there's, there's uh, posters all the way down it. So costs like that, that, um, you know, are what we've, we've found as we've gone on along that, that route as well. Even just the maintenance of the exterior of the shop and keeping yeah. it clean and you know, all the things that are so important, um, the, the things like that that you have to do and you have to do to make sure that the, the, the sound looks incredible. But they're all additional costs that add on to, yeah, to, um, to what you have to pay out. So yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the things I I I've found since opening it. And Kerry, what have you noticed? Have you ever been tempted to sort of you know grow into another premises and thought and thought you wouldn't? Or yeah, I've um um a lot a lot of times I've looked at premises. I last year I got quite a long way to taking the lease of a, a little shop. Um, and I really wanted to have a little boutique sort of salon with only kind of four chairs in it that was very um, exclusive. Um, and the one I was looking at, the ceilings are really low. I mean, I'm in a typical shopping center, so my ceilings are high and the windows are huge. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a big, big, vast space that I've tried to create some personality into. Um, but I really want in my mind, I think it's probably where I'll end up is, is something a bit smaller and a little bit more um, uh, personal. And it's not a very good word, really, because I like to think that the salon I've got is very personal, but um, just just intimate, maybe. You know, a little bit more. Yeah, intimate. If that's the right word. Yeah. And, um, and just a bit more like a boutique. Um, but I tell you, I'm very glad that I haven't done that right now with what's going on yeah. at the moment. I'm very yeah. glad I've only got one. But um, I think I'll, I, I sort of believe in things kind of panning out and working out. And I, I looked at this shop in a local village and I got a certain way down the road of taking it. And then the landlord messed me around a little bit and said somebody else is interested anyway. She she's opened it as a little beauty salon now. Um, and I think that's obviously wasn't meant to be. So I think I'll, yeah. I'll always just keep my eye open and keep looking. And I think I really love sort of interiors and um, uh, space, you know, and, and 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 how places feel. And I think I've got some ideas in my mind that I can't really do in my fleet shop because mm. it's so big. So I, I feel like... Um, you know, everywhere I go, every restaurant I go to, I was in um, Bruges last year and then we sat in this little restaurant and I said, oh yeah, I think I'd like it to be like this. And, <laughs> you know, so I'm taking photographs of this 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 lovely interior of this little cute little restaurant. So um, I think, I, I don't know if I'll do it. I don't know, you know, I'm obviously much older than, than Robert. So um, <laughs> who, who knows? But I've always, always got my eye out, always having a yeah. look. How about you then, Robert, as well? Is, is there a different feel to both of your salons? Um, so we we designed we designed them. I guess the Lee Salon did follow the, the original design of the Barnsley Salon because I wanted it to have this strong brand identity. So whoever went to the Barnsley Salon had a similar experience in Leeds and the other way around <coughs> as well. Um, I think it's the team in both salons that create the different vibe that's there. Actually, um, no, really. So, yeah. So the, the the you know the the team in Barnsley they're all homegrown talent. They've been with us for many years. Most have been with us fifteen years. We've just had somebody recently retired that's been with us for 30 
eight years, something like that. So there's there's a lot of a lot of people that have been there there a long time. As you know, as in Leeds, we've got people that have been there touching the ten year mark now. But there there is a I guess a a, a, a larger turnaround of team members just being in the city centre. It's a bit more like that. Um, right, so yeah. and also the, just the general vibe in the city. It's much more fast paced. Uh, people want mm-hmm. different things, um, and you get perhaps bigger personalities in Leeds. I would say. Um, that make right. managing the team slightly different to to in uh, <laughs> managing it in in Barnsley. That's a very um, very different two ways. <laughs> <of thing. laughs> yeah, so I love, but actually, that's what I love about. It. I love the fact that there's, there's yeah. differences, the diversity. Yeah, and uh, you know, the the idea that we've got these two salons. I love the fact that we've got one in a city and we've got one in the town centre. Um, we've tried to. To create this very strong brand image, and I don't know, we, you know, we never say never with opening other salons, but I do quite like the fact we've got big spaces where we're all together, and it's kind of easy to manage that way rather than me, me or the family running around all over the place between four, yeah. five, or six salons, and perhaps not having it under control in quite the same way. How do you two feel, um, Kerry and and Robert individually? When somebody's planning their the brand or identity for their business, do you think that you should draw from the location or do you think it's more weighted to imposing the brand that you want on your premises? So, do, you know, perhaps looking at what you've both done, have you drawn from where you are or do you think it's like, no, actually, it's more about me imprinting the branding and then the, the rest comes? Do you, does that make any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to be really honest here, okay. <laughs> um, That's what we like. <laughs> um, the salon. This isn't. I'm not. This isn't. This is just right for me, okay. The salon is very much about me. I had a lot of years of trying to make it about the team, but then the team come and go, and it changes, and the vibe changes. But the one consistent thing that's always there. A thing that's me. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one consistent that's, that's always there. That's all. I'm. That, that I'm always the same. I, you know, I I look a certain way. I I behave a certain way, and so I have made my salon very much about me. And yeah. there's going to be people listening to this that will think no, um, but, <laughs> but but and for me, it's that... worked for me. And is because clients you... come in. Yeah. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, have you drawn that from the location? Do you think that that would be, do you think you'd have the same look and vibe wherever you were? Or do you think you've absorbed the fact that you are in this lovely premises, in this particular location? Do you think that's informed the way you've done it? Or do you think, actually, no, yes, you could have it, put me somewhere it, else and it'd be the no, same? No, I think I would probably be, no, I think I would probably, be, I personally would be the same wherever I am because, I don't think I've changed very much over most of my hairdressing career, but I think the, the certainly now how the salon looks now is a reflection of of the town and the money that's in the town. And I feel that our clients want to come into a salon that, that looks on the you know because we are like Robert said the height you know the sort of expensive end of the hairdressing market. Um, so it has to look a certain way. But I think the 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 general feel of it is it's very people look around it and go oh it's very you Kerry. So, Robert, which comes first for you? The brand you impose on the place or the place informs the brand? Um, well, I th- it's a difficult one to answer that, really. I think one, one of the things we've always felt, um, and I suppose this comes back to what we were talking about, salons to, be, to begin with, we've always really wanted to have a strong 
visual presence in wherever we are. So the, the building in Barnsley, if anybody wants to go visit the website, it's a beautiful old building, as is the one in Leeds. So there's kind of a bit of a connection with both of their, those, um, those actual buildings themselves. They add a presence to the town centre. So you almost become like a, a bit of a landmark in the, the, the place where you are. And I think that was always quite important to us. Obviously, in Leeds, that's taken a little while to develop. But the reason we paid pay a high rent and, and, and all the rates and everything else we do is because we wanted to come into the city with a bang and really make sure we made that kind of impact. Um, so I think, it, yeah, I think it, there's, a, there's a bit of both really elements to it, really. I think we've obviously been a family business as well and the family name being there. So Russell Eaton as a brand name, um, it was obviously more about dad and our family, but then now actually Russell Eaton's almost become the name's irrelevant really it's just that people know that as the brand name and they come because they know what we stand for cool. yeah. Um, yeah and i think that's been important for us as well so yeah i don't know that did that answer that in the right yeah, way no, it's, <laughs> so, it's, it's interesting <laughs> i think that well it seems to me as though you're both you know it's highly personal really isn't it and perhaps that yeah. is yeah. that is you know if you're not going to be a salon large group with a sort of franchising ethic and something then maybe that is the route to go down is as long as you make it personal and something that you mm. are really invested in and proud of i think then... that's what clients want now as well that kind yeah, of bespoke, gonna... personalized yeah. feeling yeah. no absolutely no disrespect to some of the chains and the uh people at franchise i mean i, I really admire a lot of people that have uh, that have developed the business and expanded in a big way but i think from, from our experience, clients like to come to a family-owned or an individual-owned business where you know you're going to see the owner in there. You know you can chat yeah. to people if there's a problem that can be sorted out really quickly. And I think maybe that's been a sh- slight shift in the industry over yeah. the last few years. Yeah, I think, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's the same thing with choice of coffee shop, isn't it? You know, if you go to a, mm. a Costa, you know oh, what yeah, you're getting. Absolutely. But equally, and people like to support homegrown businesses, don't they? Yeah, yeah. and independence. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Fantastic. I think we're yeah, done. I think we're out of time. Much. We've got to. Uh, no, it's brilliant. Lo- lovely way to finish the afternoon. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, you so much, very much for having, uh, having me. So, thank you to our guests, Kerry Mather at KJM Salons and to Robert Eaton at Russell Eaton. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Lauren, for co hosting this with me. We very hope welcome. you've enjoyed our conversation about uh, marketing and branding with salons who aren't necessarily in the, in the very sort of busy high streets and how to make them very personal and successful. If you've enjoyed this, don't forget to rate and review us. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast platforms. And if you subscribe, then the next episode will download automatically. So make sure you do that. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.